live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Are you, and thank you for joining us in whatever form or fashion you do, because it's Friday, January 20th, the year 2023. It's been a long week, it seems like, but uh, we've arrived, and I can see the the light at the end of the tunnel as we all... uh, as the old song goes, working for the weekend. Um, great to have you with us on a, man, the temperature's dropped. Uh, the clouds are are out. It's an overcast, wintry day, but it's Friday. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, sitting in that um, very important producer's chair, pushing the buttons and spinning all the tunes. He's in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your TV set on because, yes, lo and behold, you can match the face to the voice because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, needing to land a linebacker to basically fill in the only major position of need in this LSU 2023 recruiting class, Brian Kelly did it. He got uh, Omar Spates, who happens to be a four-year starter at Oregon State, where he earned first-team All-Pac-12 honors this past season. He'll have uh, only one year of eligibility remaining, but, hey, bring in the experience to join Harold Perkins, Greg Penn, Christian Braithwaite, and uh, the brothers West and Witt Weeks. The thing that you really like is that Spates chose LSU over Alabama and will enroll in time to be a student this semester and participate in spring practice, which begins in less than four weeks. Excuse me. Michael Huguenin sent me a text on the news. Of course, Michael Huguenin, all things college football for on3.com, said, you got a stud. Omar Spates is going to just is just making LSU all that more better. If that's proper English, but it just sounds good. They're going to be better. So LSU's recruiting class for 2023 includes 11 transfers and 25 high school signees. The 36-man class ranks fifth in the nation per 247 Sports 2023 overall football team rankings. And the 11 transfers ranked fourth in their 
transfer football team ranking. So uh, good news on that one. The 45-day window for entering, uh, entering one's name in the college football transfer portal ended on Wednesday. And uh, now spring practice will take place. And then you'll have another window that opens up. So stay tuned. More to come, maybe more to leave. Maybe more to leave. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. LSU's women's basketball team held off Arkansas in a thriller in Pete's Palace last night, 79-76. to It's the best thing that could have happened to Kim Mulkey's team. One, you got to win to improve to 19-0. and And, oh, by the way, uh, Angel Reese uh, scored 30 and recorded her 19th straight double-double, which ties Sylvia Fowles' LSU record. Um, and this was a battle. I always said, yeah, man, I wish somebody would play really well and give LSU a game of it before LSU has to travel to South Carolina in what could be a matchup of number one versus two or number one versus number three. And Arkansas did it as both teams battled for four full quarters. It came down to the last minute of the game that saw two lead changes and some crucial made free throws by a freshman, Flaugier Johnson of LSU. Um, Pretty good. Student section, you know, you've got, uh, it's called Kim's Crew. Kim with a K, Crew with, with a K. Uh, Reese, again, 30 points, 19 rebounds. Flog Jake Johnson, 19 points, 6 rebounds. She hit four key free throws in the game's final minute to ice the game away. 79-76 is the final. Uh Reese continues to tie and break records in her first year at LSU. She's recorded a double-double in every game this year. It's the longest double-double streak in SEC history to begin a season. Reese is averaging 23.9 points per game. That's first in the conference, sixth in the NCAA. She's averaging 15.4 rebounds, first in the SEC, second in the NCAA. She is a first-team All-American, no question. So, a thriller. And look, Arkansas shot 59% from the field throughout the second half. That's what LSU needed, a team that was hot, that made shots, that battled on the boards, that, that, that gave LSU all they wanted. And LSU handled it. Tigers is next up. Uh, they'll head to Tuscaloosa for a Monday night matchup, 6 p.m. on the SEC Network. Their next home game will be Monday, January 30th at 6 p.m. It's a whiteout game. So LSU coming up with all kind of gimmicks. Um, they, they're just good. They're good. LSU had 51 total rebounds. Arkansas had 26. They're good. The men get back in action tomorrow against Tennessee. They're they're um, honoring uh, players on teams that I played with. They're honoring those teams, trying to get as many of those players back. And it's hard because scattered all over the country. I can't make it. My daughter has a volleyball tournament in Foley, Alabama. But they're bringing back the old uh, the old unis. 
that we used to wear with the stars that dotted the the eyes for Louisiana had stars going down the side panels, stars around one leg of the, of the shorts. Now, the shorts they're wearing are a lot longer than the ones we wore, but it's awfully nice of LSU to do that. Um, wish I could be there. I'll be there in spirit for LSU versus Tennessee uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m., and you can listen to that ball ballgame uh, I'm not sure because we may have football on. I'll have to double check and see what uh, where we are and who's carrying the LSU basketball game. We, we'll see. Uh, I'll ask those that are in the know about that. But anyway, so that's very, very, very nice of them to do. And we'll see. Maybe maybe LSU's men's team will, will uh, shoot the ball well like Arkansas's women did. And if they do that, they've got a chance. If they don't, they don't. And they won't. Mattress Mac is at it again. He's dropping millions on an NFL playoff game at a Louisiana casino. Mac is back. Uh, he placed a bet yesterday um, as he once again traveled um, across state lines from Houston uh, into Louisiana, and he placed a $2 million bet on the Dallas Cowboys to beat the San Francisco 49ers in Sunday's NFL playoff game. He uh, he made the bet at the Horseshoe Casino in Lake Charles. So Lake Charles, right there, Caesar's Sportsbook at the Horseshoe Casino in Lake Charles. So there you go, Mattress Mac brings nothing but cash, baby, nothing but cash. If he wins, he stands to profit three point three five million. If the Cowboys can pull off the outright upset, their four-point underdogs against the Niners in the game that kicks off Sunday at 5.30. Remember, it's less than three months since McAvell cashed the biggest sports betting score on record. He won $75 million when his hometown Houston Astros won the World Series, including... 30 million on a 10 to 1 bet at Caesars Sportsbook. He also won 11.2 million when Kansas won the College Men's Basketball National Championship in New Orleans last year. He has a bet on Houston to win this year's men's title. He doesn't always win. He doesn't always, but boy, uh, he lost 6.2 million on Alabama to beat Georgia in the College Football National Championship. Last year, and then another nine and a half million on the Bengals to win last year's Super Bowl. But he was in the hunt. So um, Mad Mac is back, and he's hoping to, to parlay um, the Dallas Cowboys to beat the San Francisco 49ers. So good luck to that. Um, crazy, right? Crazy. But when you, why not? Why not? We'll have all the, we'll have all the picks. Um, of all the games coming up this weekend, as we always do each and every Friday, the Pels are back in action. They are in Orlando to take on the Magic. Um, and then they'll head from there and they'll uh, stay in the state of Florida and they will play the Miami Heat after that. So the Pels need to uh, figure out a way. This is a team that um, they should beat. They should beat. But you never know when you go on the road. You just don't. And they need to avoid efforts like the one they had versus the Heat uh, to stay afloat until they get their 
full complement of players back if that if that ever happens. Um, they weren't feisty. They weren't the gritty Pelicans that everybody's grown accustomed to seeing when they show up at the Smoothie King Center. This one was an uninspiring version, and they, they're not good enough uh, to be like that at this juncture of the season. The result was the worst loss of the year, a 26-point shellacking by the Miami Heat. Um, so time to go back to the drawing board and look at you, look, look at yourself in the mirror and, and see what, what happens. Um, tails are in a tailspin. It's the eighth straight game without Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. So, uh, they've got to, they've got to step it up. A little less than six weeks ago, the Pels were in first place in the Western Conference standings. After the loss to the Heat, the Pels fell to fourth. They're behind the Denver Nuggets, Memphis Grizzlies, and the Sacramento Kings. So, and we've told you about Nuggets on our eight-game winning streak, Grizzlies on an 11-game winning streak. The Kings have won five in a row. Meanwhile, the Pels are doing just the opposite. They're three and seven over their last 10 games, and those three wins came against the NBA bottom feeders, Rockets, Detroit Pistons, and the Washington Wizards. So Orlando is a team that um, um, they should be if they, if they play the right way if they play the right way. And the goal is to stay atop the standings and secure home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. That is the most important aspect of this season and this schedule. Stay in the top four in the Western Conference standings. Then you get a home court advantage in the first round, and that gives you the opportunity uh, far better chance to advance to the next round than if you got to go on the road. So um, that's what they got to do. And they got to hold off teams like Dallas, Golden State, Utah, teams like that. They got to hold them off. So they got to start winning. And um, we'll see if they can put that Wednesday um, uninspiring beat down behind them and move on and, and flush that and get, get right back on track. And we'll know more tonight uh, in Orlando. Meanwhile, the Rage and Cajuns, oh, Bob Marlin's crew, suddenly that 0-2 start in the Sunbelt Conference is uh, seems like it happened a long, long time ago. Uh, Bob Marlin's club won their fifth straight game, 80-71 to over the Arkansas State Red Wolves last night at First National Bank Arena. Um, Cajuns never trailed, and they improved to 15 and four overall, five and two in league play. UL now goes to Texas State Saturday, um, in hopes of going four and zero on their current Sun Belt road swing. Uh, they knocked off Georgia State. All right, let's see. Cajuns open the. Uh, oh, by the way, they, they're. In a tie for first place. Tie for first place. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Excuse me. Jordan Brown, leading score for the night, 31 points, 12 of 20 from the field, had 13 rebounds, three steals, three block shots. He was a, uh, a stat sheet stuffer. 
Without question, without doubt, that's a season high in points in conference play. So congratulations to Bob Marlin's crew. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. Um, 17 minutes after the hour, uh, those are your headlines of the day. We'll come back with more. The regular crowd will shuffle in on a Friday. Larry Holder uh, at around 2.30 from um, the Athletic will get his thoughts on the divisional playoff games. And was he surprised that Pete Carmichael still still around as the same offensive coordinator. Blake Lavelle will talk uh, SEC hoops to start off hour number two. George Faust from KLFY. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will have our fearless forecast. We'll give you our picks to win the big games this weekend. Sit back and relax. It's Friday. And this is the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Fighting Tigers of LSU and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 22 minutes and some change after the hour, hour one of two. And if you need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day, you can find it right inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score some really neat prizes. How about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort? A $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Or a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard. And how about a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort? You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So why don't you go sign up and sign up to day yes indeed uh, we'll talk all about the nfl playoffs here um boy they got s- some problems at michigan uh the university announced it's fired co-offensive coordinator matt weiss who is under investigation by university police for a quote a report of computer access crimes at the school's football facility um He's been the co-coordinator at Michigan for one season with the school overall for two seasons. He's, he's got to be related to Charlie Weiss, isn't he? Um, wait, hold on. Let me not, let me not go too far on that. Let's. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, maybe that. Take that back. Um, but Weiss made eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in base salary, slated to earn four hundred thousand dollars in bonuses. Um, but that's not happening. Uh, so you had that at Michigan, and you've got um, Coach Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, refusing to cooperate with the NCAA <clears throat> and not admitting anything. Uh, the NCAA is accusing him of lying to their investigators. Uh, but Harbaugh refused to acknowledge that he had lied. And this is um, – they were trying to get a negotiated resolution – um, he's maintained that he doesn't remember the incident in question, which has led to a standstill in the case. Yahoo Sports first reported these details, which included two meetings with the NCAA this week. So 
a great season overall for Michigan. Um, everybody picked them to be TCU, or the majority of people did, but that didn't happen. And now they're having some off the field problems, and that's never good. Um, old LSU Tiger, current Brooklyn Net forward Ben Simmons, uh, his struggles continue during a 117 112 loss to the Phoenix Suns last night. He was ejected for arguing with referee Eric Lewis after playing just. 18 minutes. It was the fourth straight loss for the Nets, who continue to spiral downward without Kevin Durant, who's out for several more weeks because of an MCL sprain in his right knee. Um, so, look, you lose key players, and that says something about the Pels. They haven't completely spiraled down, but um, the Nets from Brooklyn are. So, um, Ben Simmons, uh, still, still struggling, still struggling. Um, the Florida Gators, as expected, uh, have released the quarterback that they um, had the issues with over NIL's money, um, and now this this quarterback, uh, Rashada, Jaden Rashada, is looking for another school that he can sign with. He is the top quarterback prospect in the 2023 class. Billy Napier really wanted him, thought he had him. Then the NIL deal that, uh, you know, a reported $13 million uh, package fell through, and Rashada said, well, no money, no play. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. State law prohibits universities in Florida from providing or arranging NIL compensation. Deals are therefore made through third parties, which are, we all know are called collectives. And the Gator Collective terminated its agreement with Rashada, which was to be paid out over four years. Don't get me started on this stuff. Just don't get me started. I, I understand um, everybody's for players to to get some money so they can uh, enjoy. look. They get so much as is, but a kid gonna make thirteen million dollars before he ever steps on the field and earns it. Who I know this is the old school in me coming out. I just don't know how players on a team deal with something like that you know 13 million over four years what is that four million a year three million a year rather three million a year plus some change man and then there's that offensive lineman blocking for that quarterback who's not making a penny i don't know how you deal with it i just don't um so um remember that rashada received offers from a number of Power 5 programs, and according to 247 Sports, he took official visits to Florida, Miami, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and LSU. LSU. So um, he was chasing the money. The money fell through. Now he's chasing some more. Who's going to pay him? That number's going to go down. Question is, where is he going to end up? So stay 
tuned for that. All right, those are just a few things that uh, uh, intri- intrigued me today. Um, and we got some things coming now. Now that you scored that Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can use it to listen to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home, and everywhere you go. Larry Holder of The Athletic joins us next. We'll preview the divisional playoff games, find out the latest on Sean Payton, and what are the Saints doing? They're running it back again. We'll see. We'll take a timeout. We'll be right back. This is the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back. And better than ever on this Friday, January 20th. Hope you're having a great, great day and anticipate a fun weekend. Uh, it's always a pleasure to bring in our good time guest from The Athletic, Mr. Larry Holder. Larry, good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? I'm good, Jordy. How are you today? Good. I thought about you. You know how? You know why I thought about you? I was going to wonder how you would hold up uh playing tennis for five hours and 45 minutes and being told that you can't go leave the court to go to the bathroom and the match goes till 4 a.m melbourne time and andy murray gets it done that's a, that's incredible to me incredible i wouldn't hold up <laughs> i'd be i would i'd probably make it about maybe half that time uh and uh, in singles, no chance. But yeah, it's a that match was certainly something that uh, one for kind of the uh, the history books, and he was kind of channeling his uh, his Jimmy Connors, uh, kind of asking the crowd to kind of get him riled up after a, yeah defending all those overheads. So yeah, but no, definitely one that that will go down. Uh, obviously, wow. for an all time great Hall of Famer, uh, that that's a match that he'll always look back on and we'll always remember him for. Yeah. Second longest in Aussie Open history. The, the longest was that incredible final with um, Nadal and, and Djokovic. So, um, wow, unbelievable. Anyway, anyway, um, Pete Carmichael, still offensive coordinator. Surprised? Not surprised? Shocked? Not shocked? What? I would say I'm not surprised in the sense that the way that the Saints operate and they have for so many years that they are loyal to the people who they have long-standing relationships with, and so uh, it's a different story. Where just remember back, say in like 2012, after that season, they didn't have a good, a long relationship, say, with someone like Steve Spagnuolo, so fired him after one year. So Pete Carmichael has been within the system uh, since the beginning, and so. Uh, the Saints, uh, obviously, they're showing that they think it's more on the players and the injuries as opposed right. to the coaching staff. Now, look, uh, you know, 
Dan Roshar, uh, their run game coordinator, I guess he's the fall guy. Uh, so, they, they, you know, they're making changes with him. And yet I think people are probably not as calm about it as me. Uh, I think people are pretty ticked off that Pete Carmichael is still there and you still have questions at quarterback and, you know, what are you going to do and how are you going to make this offense actually uh, innovative when it seems like it was just been stagnant for so long. So, yeah, I'm sure, though, Pete Carmichael knows he's under fire. I mean, he's, uh, you know, even though he's kind of a a quiet guy uh, when he's doing media and such, I'm sure he knows that the the heat is on him to, to get this thing rolling. What do the Saints do? Everything seems to be tied to Sean Payton in the hopes that Payton gets a gig and uh, the Saints get a first-round pick, whether it be Denver or Carolina, whoever it may be. What's your gut feeling telling you about Sean Payton and his uh, his path? It's hard for me to even really have one because I could give pluses and minuses to all the situations, and I, I you know I think that's. And knowing him, that he he can kind of go back and forth with uh, the way he uh, the way his his mind changes. Uh, look, I think that it even happened when he decided to walk away from the Saints. He was kind of back and forth, doesn't know, and that's why I think he's going through the interview process. But uh, look, this is just me—a scenario I keep thinking about that may happen, but may not. I, I just keep thinking, what if Sean Payton goes to Carolina? And say, you know, Carolina trades that first round pick and maybe some other assets, and Tom Brady goes along with him. Yeah. I just keep thinking about that possible scenario. Uh, yeah. You know, that he walks away from Tampa and follows Sean Payton. Uh, it's, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just keep, I keep having that in mind. Yeah. And I think when you look at it, which, whichever direction he goes and the quarterback situation, uh, you know, I, I keep, trying to tie Tom Brady to maybe Sean Payton. Uh, now, that wouldn't happen if he goes to Denver. And, you know, the reporting out there is that Russell Wilson has already reached out to Sean Payton and really right. wants him. And I think Russell Wilson is right. He needs Sean Payton to kind of get his mojo yeah. back and, uh, you know, be a better quarterback. But, yeah, I just keep a uh, – but and I bring up Carolina, and the price would be higher for Carolina just because uh, they're in the division. And so, the, no you know, the, the assets go up. And so it's a uh, – but look, I, I can see scenarios, something like the Texans, you know, Sean Payton can handpick his quarterback uh, in the draft uh, because uh, they'll be the number two pick, and you figure Chicago's not going to go number one with a quarterback. Uh, and so Sean Payton can kind of pick his future, but, but it's not like Houston's this big franchise that everybody knows. I know Carolina's not, but so, yeah, it's as you can hear, <laughs> I'm bouncing all these ideas, and I don't have a right. good direction of maybe where he's going to go. From what I saw, the last time I saw Tom Brady play, he looked like an old quarter. He does not want to get hit. And I don't know how you win in modern football if you have a quarterback that that they protect like crazy, uh, but they can't move and can't use his legs to pick up a first down every now and then, here and there. I, I don't know how you do it. Boy, is, is Tom Brady an answer? Does Sean Payton really, really, truly want him? I would think he would. It, it, well, it depends on the situation. If you have no quarterback where you're going, uh, you know, and I think that uh, they could use the weapons wherever he goes and Sean Payton can kind of scheme around it. Well, look, it's not like Sean Payton's not used to having a quarterback that's not mobile. I mean, well, he, like Drew Brees wasn't exactly the uh, 
the pillar of, of mobility. So True. I think Sean Payton knows how to, to make that work. And, and he had fun with Taysom Hill you know, because obviously his mobility was huge, but you're not using him as a quarterback all the time. So, uh, but yeah, like, I do think though, and you saw what happened in Tampa and, you know, Byron left, which got fired. Todd Bowles basically wiped out the whole coaching staff and right. bringing in his own people. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe uh, that was a problem. And Tampa's offensive line, they lost a lot of pieces and they had injuries and they couldn't run the ball. And so, uh, you know, it, it definitely did not help Tom Brady in that sense. And he looked he looked shaky, obviously, more so than he had in the last Ooh. couple of years. But, you know, like, I still think that the, uh, the possibility of, say, Brady play, you know, with, with Peyton for a couple of years, I, I, I can't discount that. I mean, there's, there's too much smoke flying around that that I can't discount that being uh, an option somewhere. I I agree. I agree. I just don't I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Um all right, let's talk about some some pretty significant football games and and get your thoughts on it starting with the first game on Saturday in the AFC, uh Jacksonville at Kansas City. Everybody's saying Kansas City this, Kansas City that. In Jacksonville, I mean they they they're just playing hard. They look like they're playing loose. They came from behind and uh, against insurmountable odds, what seemed like against the Chargers and survived and advanced. Um, you give the Jags a shot here, or are you just all on the, the Chiefs' wagon? I do give the Jags a shot. Now, I'm not picking them, but I definitely give them a shot uh, because okay. I just think that the Chiefs, while they're the number one seed, I think uh, they are vulnerable. Uh, I don't think their defense is, uh, is top-notch. I mean, it's okay, but they pride themselves on being that offensive team. And, uh, look, I think Jacksonville, I think you said it. I mean, they have nothing to lose. I mean, everyone expects them to lose every time. Right. And I, look, Doug Peterson can certainly coach in the playoffs. Uh, I think he's got that team kind of uh, with the mindset of, we could do anything, and yet I still think uh, going to Kansas City is going to be a tall task. I mean, it's you know Jacksonville's going from a home game to uh, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL, and so like, I, but do I give them a chance? Yes. Do I think Kansas City's going to win? Yes. Chiefs beat them way back in November 27-17. Both teams are a lot different now. Um, doesn't look like Jacksonville puts much pressure on the quarterback, so Mahomes should, should, should just sit back there and look and look and look and look. But I, I, I give I give the Jags a puncher's chance just because I don't like Urban Meyer and I want to see them play well. That's all there is to it. All right. Um, NFC East, Saturday night, the Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the Giants uh, went into Minneapolis and – Put it to the Vikings. The Eagles have sat back trying to get Jalen Hurts healthy. Why do I feel like this has a chance to be a blowout for Philadelphia? Tell me I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. Look, I think the Giants are a lot of smoke and mirrors, uh, and yet they look just kind of like Jacksonville. I mean, no one's going to give them a chance, and they're going up against a team that knows them very well with the Eagles. And, look, when Jalen Hurts is right, I mean, that team – is is easily one of the best, if not yep. the best, in the NFL this season. And so, yep. uh, like, I, I can see that in playing in Philadelphia, you know, they're going to be ready to go. I feel, like I said, I think Hurts is going to be healthy. And Daniel Jones, I mean, look, I think we're seeing his ceiling. I don't think – I don't know how – he can't, in my mind, be able to replicate that sort of performance week in and week out. I mean, I just can't okay. see it. And so – 
uh, yeah, look, I, I think the Eagles can win this. And I don't necessarily think it would be a blowout. I mean, look, I could see the Eagles winning by 10 or two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, if that's a blowout, that's a blowout. But I, look, yeah, I think I that you. the Eagles uh, can win by double digits. All right. Uh, Larry Holder, the athletic with us, uh, you know, and uh, television executives are pretty darn smart, and they work with the NFL. Uh, Sunday's games, on paper, to me, appear so much better than Saturday's. And we start with um, a game with two terrific quarterbacks, Joe Burrow with Cincinnati, heading to Buffalo with Josh Allen, Bills favored by five to five and a half. Um, we saw what happened in week 17. The game canceled uh, because of the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest. Um, and here we go again. Wow. Two great quarterbacks. Your, your initial thoughts on this matchup. I don't feel good about the pick I'm going to make, but I'm going to take the Bengals. And I thought, I thought they could come in and playoffs and, and they would be a hot team, and they struggled against the Ravens. And without kind of a borderline miracle play by the defense, uh, you know, in, in that fourth quarter uh, with, with the full yeah. return, I mean, they could have yeah. lost that game to a team that didn't have Lamar Jackson uh, playing against them. And so uh, and the Bills seem like they're kind of on a roll. I know it was a, a more dicier game than maybe they anticipated last week, but they got it done. And yet, I think this is going to be a game where it might it might be say a nineteen sixteen type of game, just because I feel really? like uh, back and forth. Uh, even though, we, look, we've seen these explosive quarterbacks be explosive, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're putting up points everywhere. But still, I'm I feel like the the Bengals can make the Super Bowl, so I'm going with this pick. But I don't feel <laughs> great about it, just kind of the way they played last week. But I'm gonna. I'm going to stick with Joey B and uh, Jamar Chase and company and, uh, let's say, uh, Bengals and an upset on the road. Uh, offensive line issues for the Bengals. I don't know what they do um, to protect Burrow, but he's so good at just getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, it's going to be a great I, – I don't see a low-scoring game. I, I think both teams put up numbers. I see a game in the 30s. At least that's what I hope because I like offense. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Dallas at San Francisco. When the spread first came out and San Fran was only favored by four, I went, what What does Vegas know that, that I don't know? Uh, Dallas played against a bad Tampa Bay team. Um, San Francisco is on a long win streak. Uh, the, the rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant is, is playing like out of his mind. Is it, is it the coach? Is it the system? Can you take any quarterback and plug him into San Fran and they're going to succeed? I don't believe that. I think the kid's pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's the real deal. Uh, and it's, uh, it's wild that, uh, we mentioned Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. And, oh, by the way, the guy who was actually the starter to start the season is Trey Lance. And he might be trying to pitch to, uh, I think on social media, he's trying to pitch for them to trade him to Tennessee because uh, 49ers exec is now the GM there. And uh, and they need quarterback play as bad as anyone in Tennessee. But, yeah, I think that I'm with you that the spread is odd to me. Like I think that that – the 49ers, in my opinion, I think they're the best team in football right now. I, I'm, I would pick them to win the Super Bowl today. And okay. uh, it's just that Purdy has a good sense of what to do. Their skill position players have been lights out 
uh, get Christian McCaffrey, like Debo Samuel's healthy, George Kittle, you know, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, you can go on and on. Uh, and he's uh, sometimes he gets a little shaky holding the ball a little too long. But uh, and, uh, look, the, the 49ers defense can also bail you out too. So I, I think that uh, I, I think the 49ers will win this uh, by at least a touchdown. I, I would go say the 49ers win by at least ten. I mean, I, that's the thing. I, you say the spread and. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's like something's off there, and I'm curious what it is, but I, I like San Francisco a lot in this game. Be careful now, Larry Holder. You know that Mattress Mac laid $2 million on the Cowboys to beat the Niners straight up. $2 million. Well, he, it seems like he, he's probably using that. What what did he win? He won, he won a huge bet for the Astros, so I think he's 70, got some money to burn. 70, <laughs> $75 million. Thanks to the Astros, seventy-five million. That's that's Larry, a lot of mattresses. That's a lot of mattresses. He doesn't have to sell anymore, man. Gee whiz, crazy. Um, you saw what they're doing. LSU basketball is trying to get uh, uh, bring back players from my era, um, and in honoring players from my era, they're breaking out the old unis. They got some uh, some throwback unis that they're coming back. The only difference, everything's exact, except man, their shorts are a lot longer than the shorts we played in. Boy, I'm telling you, we had those short shorts working. Yeah. Well, does that mean you get to go play? That's the question. Uh, I, I can't be there. I've got, I've got to, my daughter has a volleyball tournament, so I got to go out of town for that. And no, they couldn't. Uh, there's not enough NIL money out there. You thought that kid from Florida uh, it balked because he didn't get his 13 million? Dude, they'd have to pay me 50 million to make an appearance on that court again. Shoot. Uh, how about I just be you and I'll just say I'm you and I'll just go do it? I'll do it for about 20 bucks. How about that? 20 bucks. <laughs> Go for it. Hey, <laughs> some guy, this is really bad, Larry. Some guy stopped me. I was filling my car up with gas. And, and this guy rolls his window down and says, hey, Jordy, even at your age, you're a better shooter than anybody on that LSU basketball team. I went, come on, man, stop, stop. <laughs> but well, he's right. It's just like, you know, open and you're just shooting jumpers against air. Maybe so. He's right. Never know. He's right. He's right. All right, Holder. Um, we agree to disagree on some of these games. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. But um, I'm hoping you get the Super Bowl picks right because that's it's, I'm hoping for a Joe Burrow versus a San Fran. That'd be kind of fun. So so we shall see. But hey, go pick up the racket. I, I'm I'm trying to get into the game of pickleball. Have you played that, by the way? I have never played pickleball, but I know uh, look, I've, I've played some state tennis tournaments around the Lafayette area, and I know uh, that there are pickleball courts at some of the, uh, the, the the tennis clubs now, and it's it's booming. I mean, uh, it's, it's taking it's, over the world. Seems like it's a little, fl- yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, how do you become a professional pickleball player? That's what I want to know. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not Larry, exactly a high school sport. And how do you how do you become a pro? You play tennis and you get older and you can't move as well as you used to. And you say you play pickleball. Come on, man. It's going to happen to you. They I move. guarantee it. Have you watched? They move, man. Come on. I, I, they're, they're, they're quick, 
twitch. Doubles. You got to have quick hands. It's it's the feet that the problem is. You got to quick hands is good. It's that moving side to side back. No, you got to play doubles. Doubles pickleball. I'm I'm trying to get into it. I'm 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 waiting. I'm waiting, and I'm going to try. Anyway, uh, have a good weekend, man. <laughs> have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, Jordy. Take care, man. You're the best. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We will uh, take a time out here on this Friday edition of the Jordy Heltberg Show. Hope you're having a good one. Hope the weekend's going to be great. We'll be back to wrap up hour number one. We got a fast-paced hour number two coming your way, uh, and we'll preview that when we return to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. From game and concert tickets to restaurant gift certificates, you can score big by joining the Game Clubhouse. Go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Back 56 minutes after the hour. Shout out to uh, a young man by the name of Parker Ogeron. Uh, was a uh, analyst at UL. Uh, he's stepping up, moving up to a Power 5 school. He is now a quality control coach and a defensive analyst at Baylor. Um, so he gets to work with one of the um, the brightest minds uh, in, in football when it comes to defense, Dave Aranda. So I love it when young guys pursuing their dreams and they, you know, a football coach got to move, 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 move till they get their big break. And he learned, he's learning from a various and a sundry coaches. Um, and now, now he's going to learn Baylor. So congratulations to Parker Ogeron. Our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helpert show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the champs in baseball, the Houston Astros. It's Friday. Come on back. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, January 20th, the year 2023. James Mesh back in the Master Control Suite, producing uh, in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And we're on your television sets in the Acadiana area, as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Uh, lots of talk about the, the big matchups this weekend, obviously, but we begin our number two uh, talking some hoops, SEC hoops, as a matter of fact, as um, another weekend of action is upon us. And from uh, my perspective, the best in the business is in charge of at 14 Southeastern, part of the Blue Ribbon Basketball Yearbook, and that's Mr. Blake Lavelle. Blake, happy Friday, my friend. How are you? Yeah, doing well, Jordan. Great to talk to you as always. It's, it's great to have you. We've got NFL football, obviously, with some SEC players still involved. But in college basketball, what, how would you 
it seems to me there's about four, maybe five teams that are pretty darn some really good teams, some some good teams, and then there's a it's like feast or famine this year in the league. There's a, there's an upper division and there's a lower division, and the lower division's not that good. The upper division has a chance to get all the way to the final four. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems. I mean, you've got, like you said, you've got some teams that have certainly, I think, separated themselves from the rest of the pack in terms of just kind of the their recent play, specifically, because I think at one point I would have put a team like UConn in there, but, you know, they've started to kind of move back a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, but you still see, you know, what Houston's doing and certainly what Alabama's doing, and, and I think Kansas is obviously still right there right. in that discussion. But, you know, you've got a lot of other teams that I think are still – I don't know. I mean, again, it's just kind of one of those years where I think we're going to once again go into the tournament and we're going to identify some of these favorites and say, well, these could be the four, you know, favorite teams heading into it, whether that's Houston, Alabama, Kansas, UCLA, Purdue in some order. Um, or, you know, you could say, well, but I don't know that these teams behind them maybe are that far off, but, you know, it's just a matter of seeing which team we get. And I think that's kind of what we've seen is, and we've talked about it over the years. I think the reason for that is transfer portal. Um, has changed everything to where, you know, you don't just have the top players going to certain schools. It's just, you know, picking from, from 10. You've got a lot more guys going all, going all over the place. And, you know, a coach comes in and revamp his roster in one season. And I think right. that's kind of where we are now, and I think it's kind of led to this. But uh, it's enjoyable during the regular season because it makes for a lot more uh, entertaining games, that's for sure. No question. Uh, <clears throat> Gonzaga's long-standing home court winning streak ended by Loyola Marymount. Um, so it's always, that's why they call it March madness and we'll get there and we'll see what happens when we do get there. But specifically in the sec, Alabama, I think the cream of the crop. Are you buying into Texas A&M? They're five and O in conference play. Never in my wildest did I expect that. <laughs> yeah. I think they, the thing with A&M is, you know, you can point out both sides of the argument here. On the one hand, I mean, in all likelihood, they probably played the best SEC schedule in terms of racking up wins. Um, you know, I don't want to call it easy because this, I mean, again, this league, I think anytime right. you get a road win, you're going to take that. And they've got two, you know, their five wins on the road at Florida and South Carolina. The Florida one a bit better than the South Carolina one, but, you know, they're, they're doing the things you have to do. They're taking advantage of a good schedule so far, but now things start to get tough from here. Um, but at the same time, I don't think you can ignore that they're just playing a lot better, too. And, and specifically, they're playing a lot better defensively. I mean, back early in the season, I mean, they give up, it was 88 to Murray State, 103 to Colorado, give up 86 to Boise State, um, 80-something to Memphis, which is not that bad. Um, but, you know, they were not playing consistently on the defensive side. But during the seven-game winning streak, which is, I think it's like the eighth active now in the nation. So that's, um, again, that kind of tells you how, Everyone's kind of exchanging wins, but they've got a seven-game winning streak. They haven't given up more than 66 points. And I think that's been the difference. They're just defending a lot better. They're turning people over a lot more. As you know, that's what Buzz wants to do. And um, I think now that they're kind of rolling like that, that makes for an interesting setup tomorrow because, you know, they play a Kentucky team. I don't think they love to play a type of style that A&M wants to play. Very hard-nosed, aggressive, in-your-face, turn you over. Um, like that. So I think that makes for a pretty interesting matchup given where the Aggies are at right now. 
Yeah, don't tell me coaching doesn't matter. I, I didn't think that was a very good Auburn team, and then they're they're, they're still ranked in the top twenty-five. Yeah. They're five and one. Uh, Georgia gets a coach from Florida to come to Georgia. They're they're three and two in the league. And I'm gonna tell you, a team that if they can just get into the tournament, if they don't self-destruct and cannibalize one another. Who wants to play Missouri down the road? I think they are. I think they're a really good team. Yeah, Missouri. I mean, is different from AM, but I think there's a theme that could be the same in that if they can just get better defensively, you know, game by game, and from now until mid February, I mean, they're a team. I don't think anyone would want to see in a tournament setting, just because I think they've got the offense, and now especially, you know, Isaiah Mosley comes back and plays the other night against Arkansas. I mean, look, we came in the season thinking Isaiah Mosley was probably going to be their best player aside from Kobe Brown and somebody right. guy who averaged 20, 21 points a game, whatever it was, at Missouri State last season. You know, he's been out due to some, due to some personal issues. But if they can get back, you know, him back in the fold here moving forward, I mean, that just gives them another dynamic score to a team that has already ranked among the best scoring teams in the country. So I think you put Missouri in that category of teams that, they have to figure out their one weakness, and I still think, well, there's, I think there's two weaknesses. I think it's consistency defensively, and I also think it's rebounding. If they can figure those two things out, I don't know that they'll be, you know, above average in either area the rest of the season. But, you know, they, they have to get better, I think, in those two areas to be able to, to defend some of these teams they're going to have to defend, which, of course, starts tomorrow against Alabama. Um, but I really do like the makeup of this team. Dennis Gates is kind of showing – He's good. Hey, you push all the right <laughs> buttons in year yeah. one, and you've kind of got you know the, the setup that they have. Um, you can make it work, and, and certainly they're doing that. Wow, one of their better teams since the old Stepanovic Sunvol combo that uh, back in the day LSU beat in the NCAA tournament. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if you told me that these two teams would have the same identical record, I would I would laugh. But LSU's one and five in the conference, twelve and six overall. Arkansas's one and five in conference, twelve and six. What has happened to the Razorbacks? I they they got too much talent on that club. I know Musselman can coach. What what happened there? Yeah, I think it really is an issue of you know. I think Musselman's always been someone that wants to play a short rotation, and he's usually gone with his five or six guys. And and he's won a lot of games like that. Well, the problem is now, if he wants to go with five or six guys, a couple of those guys are going to be guys that probably early in the season were not going to play as much. Uh, but due to injury, they have to play now. And he has to sort of adjust his rotation every single game where they don't really have a rotation that is consistent game by game anymore. Um, you know, without Nick Smith, one of the best players in the league, projected coming into the season, going to be a top-five draft pick probably. Um, Trevin Brazil, who's probably one of the most improved players in the SEC through the first however long it was before he got you know injured and was out for the season. So I think you take two players like that off of this team. They have some limitations offensively. They just can't shoot the ball like a lot of teams in the SEC, but they really can't shoot the ball. Um, yeah. And so it takes away a, a dynamic for how they can score. And because I think they rely so much on needing to get to the free throw line um, and scoring in the paint, look, you go up against teams that have size, maybe don't foul as much, you don't get the calls, um, it can be a tough thing. And so I just think Arkansas is facing a numbers game right now that is really not in their favor um, because their defense is slipping. They don't have the players on the floor. They probably felt like they needed to have on the floor at this point, yeah. and they're having to really mix and match with a lot of pieces that 
again, are, are not bad, but I just don't think some of these guys were probably going to get the kind of minutes that they're having to get now just out of necessity. You mentioned something that caught my eye, caught my attention, and I'm curious. Um, it seems like shooting is really bad. Teams can't shoot the ball. Number Scoring numbers are down. I mean, LSU can't get to 50 points at home. Blake, you can't, you don't all of a sudden forget how to shoot the basketball. What's going I don't. I don't understand it. Well, here's what I know, and statistically the stats don't lie because the SEC is 32 out of 32 nationally uh, when you rank the conferences in three-point shooting. They were shooting 30.7% from three. So you've got – again, I mean, and you've got I – I don't remember the number now, but, I mean, again, Arkansas, Mississippi State, things like that are really low um, when it comes to the three-point numbers. Um, and so, I mean, last out of every conference, and I think that includes the independent. So – I mean, that's everyone that the SEC is ranking at the bottom. They also, beyond that, they also rank last in, like, you know, using the, the advanced stats of, like, the effective field goal percentage numbers, 47.5%, which is a pretty poor number that's when you look good. at it just from an efficiency standpoint. Right, uh, right. Overall on field goals, right? Not just three-pointers, but field goals right. are shooting less than 50%. Um, so, yeah, that's a problem. And I think <laughs> that, you know, it, it's interesting, isn't it, because – I think you can make a couple arguments. You can say, well, there are a lot of good defensive teams in this league, and there are. Um, and, you know, but I think that overall, the shooting, this it's been this way in this league for a while now, in that you don't have as many of those just pure knockdown shooters that are just going to come in and hit five or six or seven threes a game. You know, just for a local, you know, connection, Jordy, it's like being in Nashville. You know, I remember the teams, right, the Vanderbilt teams, the ones that were really, really good. Um, and, you know, Vanderbilt couldn't always recruit the same way and all that, but Kevin Stallings got shooters in here. You know, the coaches before, they got shooters, and that kind of helped close that gap. I don't really know right. if that's just something that's going away in this game, in this era, but if you can get, get top shooters in this league, you know, it's like you can really actually set yourself apart. And so, um, yes. but it's still something just be, I just think that's just an issue. Yeah, just, just being average. You don't have to be above average. Yeah. So, it, it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating for fans um, because it is kind of a game. And, look, I think this plays into the other discussion people have had recently, the number of fouls and free throws in the SEC. Uh, on the one uh, hand, you know, it, don't get Jordan, me you know started. on the one hand, I think it's inconsistency with officiating. But also, you do have to keep in mind that maybe it's not all about that. Maybe it is a matter of there's going to be more contact, there's going to be more plays at the rim because some teams just can't shoot. And that's right. the only option they have. It's to drive and try to initiate contact. So it's it's a bit of a mess Wait. right now. And some of these games it, can be uh, discombobulated, but uh, I'm not sure where it goes from here. I mean, that's it's just it's, it's the easiest part of the game. That's the, that's what sets basketball <laughs> apart from any other sport. You don't need anybody else to help you. You know, quarterback, you got to throw it to somebody. Baseball, you got to throw it. Somebody else has to catch it. Uh, basketball, just get a ball and go shoot. How, how yeah. can you? How can they be so? I don't get it. Makes no sense. Makes no <laughs> logic. But it is what it is. So numbers are down. Shooting, man. If you're just an average shooting team, you got a chance to go a long <laughs> way this year. Yep, you do. I mean, that even goes for the free throw line because there's there's some teams no. in the SEC that are just downright putrid from the free throw line. Mississippi State yep. shooting 61 percent from. Think about this. This is a team that was ranked in the top 15 a month ago, and they shoot 61 percent from the free throw line. That's I think fifth to last in the, in the nation. So. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's those are the things that can separate you from being an average team and a 
a Final Four team. I mean, that that's true. I mean, so I don't know. I would be far more appreciated today than back in the day with the short shorts, no shot clock, no three-point <laughs> line. Oh, my God. Bl- Bl- Blake, roll out the Brinks <laughs> truck, baby. We would have made some NIL money. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, you have a great weekend. It's always fun talking with you, but I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you. You got it, Jordy. Thanks, as always. Uh, Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back Friday with Faust. Uh, we'll just continue this banter back and forth. Stay with us. The Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Tigers and the World Series champs. The Houston Astros. Are they going back to back? They might. We'll be back. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, George, happy Friday, buddy. How are you, man? Uh, doing great, man. Having a good Friday, you know. Uh, just you got, uh, had a little you, had a little lunch, uh, you know. You got the and, kids? Uh, headed, you carpooling? You carpooling home? We're headed. What's that? Are you carpooling the kids home? Uh, well, yeah, we're. I, I'm going to meet up with the wife right now. Tell 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 those adorable kids, Uncle Jordy said hello. Okay. All right, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Seems like uh, you know I'm coming to um, Lafayette on the sometime in February. I can't remember what time in February to go um, listen to Journey. Yes, going to the Journey concert. Oh, nice. Yes, and it's it seems like Bob Marlin played a song to his team when they were zero and two in conference play. I think he played "Don't Stop Believing," which is a, one of their all time <laughs> greatest hits. Because now they've right. rolled off four wins in a row. So don't stop believing. Hey, look, you know you keep uh, you keep the keep the faith and, and you, you you keep plugging away. And you, I think, look, this team is too talented to be held down too long, and we're seeing that right now. Uh, with the way they're playing. I mean, I think what, the guy that's kind of uh, stepped it up in my eyes is Greg Williams Jr. Uh, you know, transferred from St. John's, but played uh, high school ball at Lafayette Christian Academy. And so I think he's 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 the guy that I, I've I always thought that he had the uh, the ability to kind of take over when he wants and, and, and can contribute in a big way to this team. And I think over the past few games, he's kind of uh, – assumed that role a little bit and uh yeah i, I like the way he plays and, and the way he's playing he had that monster dunk uh the other night that was it was pretty cool uh shot to watch uh went up and slammed it down on the baseline there so yeah, yeah, I, I like the way he's playing right now wouldn't you love to have been able to do that back in your day come on George. <laughs> tell the you truth know, you know when i was in high school we had, uh, so I was, you know, at Rumble, we had the, uh, the, our coach, Rusty Jones was our coach, our varsity coach. And when I was in eighth grade, uh, the, the varsity team, they bought, they, they bought the, uh, those platform high tops. I remember those. Plat- you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Strength the shoes. Platform- yes. Yeah. And they had yeah. the big platform on the front and you, you that, yeah, it was supposed to build up your, 
your uh, 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 jumping uh, vertical right. jump. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work for me. <laughs> Rusty Jones and I played. Uh, we both went to a school in New Orleans called Sam Barth. And um, okay. I, don't know if, no, I don't know if you ever heard of that school. But anyway, um, he was a grade ahead of me. So he was in like the eighth grade. I was in the seventh grade. And we played on the eighth grade team together. We were unbelievable. I think we went 32 okay. and one. We lost to a team. Wow. We went up to Memphis, Tennessee to play them. Um, and they beat us. They came back and returned the trip and we beat them in our gym. Um, yeah, we were, <laughs> we were a powerhouse. We had a kid six, eight and I couldn't <laughs> chew gum and walk, but he was six, eight. So, um, yeah, you gotta stuck, put him out there. <laughs> yeah. We stuck him out under the paint and let him watch the paint dry, but he, he, he was, he was big. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we used to bring out the little mini trampoline when we were little and we'd, uh, have the little eight and a half foot goal and we'd bounce on the trampoline right. and dunk it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was always a big fan of like Nerf, Nerf hoop, and oh, you, there you can go. always dunk on a Nerf, go, Nerf hoop. There you, you go, know? there you go. George <laughs> Faust, sports director, KLFY. Hey, we're not that far away, uh, and I don't mean the slight basketball. We're not far away from baseball season. Everybody's focused on LSU. They're the number one ranked team in the country. The race to get a national championship is on, and I think the two main characters are kim mulkey and jay johnson uh brian kelly's third and matt mcmahon he's just got to go he it's going to get worse for gets better but he'll get there but uh what what's yeah. the cajun's baseball forecast look like look i think they look you know what's funny is this team is uh not, not getting much publicity uh kind of uh war you know uh, statewide at, at the moment but i think they're just keeping their head down coach deggs is uh is a guy Who's not about? Um, he's he's all about the, you know putting in the in the time, making be, being the being the team that uh, you want to be. Start, finish, uh, middle, finish. You know, and, and, right. and I told him this a couple of times, and he's told me, you know, they, their goal. And when he got the job here, they want to bust down the doors at Omaha. So uh, there's a goal for them. They've got they've got the ability to do it. I think he's done some great things in. in uh, Kind of getting getting the talent that he wants here, um, and, and in talking with him in the past, I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet this year. I'm looking forward to doing that preseason here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, right. But uh, in the past, hey, look, they have they have a really uh, strong hold on what they want to do and how they want to do it. And Coach Jags is a you know he was the he was the hitting coach when. Uh, when the Cajuns were the number one team in the country back in 2014, and That's lost right. to Ole Miss in in, in the Super Regional, so uh, they ha- he knows what to do. And he, obviously, he coached Sam Houston, and he was doing he did a great job with them as well. But uh, I, I think that the thing that I, I'm looking for out of this team, with regards to the Cajun baseball team, is the consistency that of a, of having that high level of play. Uh, it's going to be an interesting. Um, conference this year because you add in southern miss uh Always you add good. in those teams uh, on the on the east coast uh so all those teams now that uh, you know southern miss and, and the cajuns that's going to be that's going to be one heck of a rival week yes, uh, i indeed. mean get your popcorn yes. ready for that one that's going to be a yeah. preview of maybe a uh a regional you know somewhere uh because i, I really think a- that 
it still amazes me in this small state that we live in, the the caliber, the high caliber of college baseball across the state. It's it's unparalleled, I believe, compared to any other state in the country. I mean, tech is good. McNeese is good. Cajuns are good. LSU is good. Tulane's good. UNO's good. I mean, and on and on and on. Yeah. Southeastern. I, I, I Can't forget I, I, about I, Southeastern. The only thing I can, yeah. The the only thing I can explain, the only way I can explain that is that that we it, we as a as a community down here in South Louisiana or in Louisiana in the South love baseball and you play it at such a high level starting early, you know. Yeah. And and I think there's a there's a lot of kids that want to play baseball, and a lot of them are good. But they can't all go to LSU, right? I mean, you right. just can't. There's only right. you only play nine guys, so I think that yeah. in high Good school point. baseball, that's an issue. You know, I mean, you have all these kids that can. Some high schools could probably field three teams with the amount of kids that want to play yeah. baseball. It's they competitive. They can't. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's, so I think I think the, the the quality at an early age in uh, in the state is very high. And I think that shows in the way the college programs are now kind of flourishing. George, George Faust with us each and every Friday. Um, you're, you're a New Orleanian, so you you do the revelry of Mardi Gras. Have you gotten your family oh, yeah. used to that? Do you, do you, how's the, do you like the Lafayette oh. uh, Mardi Gras scene? Uh, look, Lafayette Mardi Gras is great, but, uh, you know, I disappear for, for five days <laughs> when, uh, when that uh, – when Mardi Gras rolls around, we we head to to my mom's house, and then we go uh, we go watch at my aunt. My aunt has a place on St. Charles. Nice. And we go watch uh, all the parades. Which means you have, there. you have which means you have bathroom access. That's the key bathroom. to everything. That's it. You got a bathroom, and then you know you, you just go you watch all the you know all the great you know. Obviously, my wife and I, do I love Mardi Gras? The answer to that is yes. My wife and I met at Endymion uh, oh, okay. in 1998. So, who, was, uh, who was playing? Yeah. Who, was, who was the star that night? Uh, like on the parade? Well, I was the no, star. No, who night. was the performer? You know, I, I snagged my wife. But, but, well, of course, but... <laughs> Like they got Darius Rucker I, playing this year. They had in um, right, Maroon right, right. Five last year. I don't year. know. Was, I can't. I, I I don't remember. I don't. You were just smitten. The, uh, the, that's it. I, I wasn't. It could have been me. It could have been me singing, and it it could have been me singing, and it wouldn't have mattered because your eyes were focused on your bride to be. That's awesome. <laughs> Boy, I'm helping you, you out, George. I'm helping you. Thank I hope you. she's listening. Thank you. I lost, I lost you for I lost yeah. you for a second. Dude. I said I'm what trying to help you. I hope your I hope your wife is listening. I'm just throwing all kind of bouquets your way. So I hope, you, I I hope she's listening. That. I appreciate that. We're actually headed to a Mardi Gras ball this weekend, so it's going to be. There you go. Uh, we love Mardi Gras. We have a good break time. out that tuxedo, big fella. All right, George. Uh, go have fun. Uh, tell those kids they were outstanding as always in the car, and uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> and y'all take care and have a have a have a fun weekend. All right, Jordy. Good talking to you as always, my friend. George Faust will be back. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, it's my uh, favorite day of the week and my favorite segment of the favorite day of the week. We get to use our brilliant minds and come up with what we know are going to be winners. Now, last week, we didn't have the the opportunity to visit with my good friend because um, he was kind of vacationing. So I'm. I'm going to ask him first if he if he can divulge where he was so I can really be jealous. But George Becknell is back and better than ever. George, how are hey, you? Hey, Jordy. How are you, man? So can, can you share where you were? Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm sporting a new tan, man. I was uh, <laughs> I was laying on the sand in Aruba nice. with the window. With the clearest water I've ever seen in my life. Are there beaches like what we what we love, like in Destin and Seaside and all that, or is it darker? I mean, what what kind of beaches are there? Man, it, it's it's better actually. Um, a room. So I, I went to a resort, and it was a private beach that the nice. sand was almost white. The water was clear, and you and you could just lay out and just okay. relax. Man, it was so peaceful. Nice knowing you. Goodbye. I mean, thanks for the invite. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, anyway, uh, James, anything you want to comment on about the life of George Becknell? How, how does that song go? Aruba, Jamaica. Were you, were you singing that one the whole time? I want to take it to Key Lago. Okay. People yeah. don't me sing because don't get me started because I'll do it. All right. Let's let's do We got to do some basketball games, unfortunately, and then we're going to get to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Um Oh God. Five and one Tennessee coming to LSU Saturday against the one and five Tigers. You know what the best thing about that game is, don't you, George? The throwback jersey? Yes. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna get me one. Yes. Those Louisiana State jerseys, man. That's yes. sweet. Look, let me tell you something. That was a we debuted those back in nineteen seventy-nine. Uh, I hate to show my age, but it is what it is. Um we won the SEC championship that year. I'll throw some names out to you. On that team, we had the best five-on-five scrimmages. It was harder practicing than the games. Lionel Tree Green, Dwayne Scales, Greg Cook, Rudy Macklin, Ethan Martin, Willie Sims, um, Ernie Brown, Al Green, um, Walter Campbell, and some dude named Hulkberg. I- I'm telling you, our five-on-fives were – obscene so anyway uh tennessee's gonna come in a big favorite they play great defense i don't know if they have to play great defense because lsu can't shoot the ball so any 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 hope at all whatsoever Uh, unless unless you could come off the bench and and shoot something maybe i ain't never coming off the bench don't you ever (laughs) say that don't you ever ever say i love it i love it I love it, but, no. but yeah, man, they they need you to shoot, brother. Because I'm looking at stats, I'm seeing sub thirty percent field yeah. goal percentage, thirty two percent field goal percentage. All right, let's move on. We know. Let's move on. James Mesh, any any hope for LSU? No, 
Okay, <laughs> no, good. No, taking uh, balls. Yeah. Uh, Pels at Orlando tonight. Pels need a win bad, George. They'll get it. Um, Orlando, Orlando's a team that's, that's, that's struggling. They got some young talent, but I don't believe that yeah. they are on the level of the Pelicans. So, right. and, and this is the perfect game for the Pelicans to shake back. I know they lose, they, they without some of their young stars, but, okay. you know, I think they got enough to get it done. James Mesh? I think this one's going to be pretty close. I do like Paulo Bencaro, and I, I like Bol Bol, but it's like two really young pieces, and they don't really have much experience. I, yeah. I lean towards the Pels tonight, still lean on CJ McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas. I saw that Najee is kind of day-to-day, so it's going to be interesting to see how that yeah. plays out for him because he's really stepped up for the Pels this year. Boy, he's been terrific. Yeah. Um, all right, so we both agree. Tennessee over LSU, the Pels over Orlando. Women's basketball keeps winning. Let's get to the let's get to the football matter of things. Uh, Jaguars, they, that's the old cliche, guys. They playing with house money. Nobody expects them to win. It's just kind of like play loose, play free. They're going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Uh, as of right here, right now, Kansas City's an eight and a half point home favorite. George, what do you think? The spread's not enough. You look, I'm I'm Ooh. taking Andy Reid in a bye week any day of the week. Uh, he's got a superior team. Look, Trevor Lawrence has shown some growth, but Pat, but Patrick Mahomes is a much better quarterback right now. They they're gonna be at home at Arrowhead. Look, Jacksonville, bad props on a on a Cinderella ceiling. Cinderella season, excuse me. It's over. Give me Kansas City by at least 17. You know who's got a better record in the playoffs than uh, Andy Reid? His protege, Doug Peterson, who's with the Jazz. I'm just saying, okay. Uh, James Mesh, what do you say? George says it's a blowout. What do you say? I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a blowout because, I mean, this Jacks team has gotten more confident as the season rolled along. But it did take an absolute miracle and an absolute meltdown by the Chargers Yes. For the Jacks to get a narrow one-point win at home. They're going to be at Arrowhead. Chiefs get a week to rest. Patrick Mahomes, we know how he is. Him and Travis Kelsey, dynamic duo. I mean, it, it's impossible for me to not pick the Chiefs in this one. Uh, I think this one will be a little closer than George thinks. I don't know about the nine-point spread, eight and a half, nine, depending on what sports book you're looking at. I think it could be a little closer, but I'm definitely taking the Chiefs on this one. At home, Chiefs relatively healthy. I like Kadarius Tony and what they do with their receiving core. I mean, take Chiefs all the way. Jacksonville doesn't put much pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's a, a pretty important thing to realize when you're taking on Pat Mahomes, although he's he's great when he's scrambling around and throwing behind-the-back passes and little flips and dinks and dunks and all, but I guarantee you Travis Kelsey will get his grabs. I, I just I think Jacksonville um, had their playoff season last weekend. I don't know how they come back from that one. Um, give me Kansas City. Uh, and give me the points. I think they win by at least 10 on that one. All right. Uh, the second game on Saturday, boys. Um, an NFC East matchup, Giants versus the Eagles. George, right now the Eagles, uh, it opened up at seven. Right now the Eagles are up to seven and a half point favorites. Jordan, I think the Eagles are frauds. Ooh. I, I think I, I think the Eagles are frauds. I think... I think they, they, you know, they played above 
their talent level. I think they have injuries right now, and they're playing a division rival yeah. for this playoff game. That's dangerous. I like the Giants to win in the upset because they run the ball. They run the ball well. So I think you can run on this Eagles defense, even though Fletcher Cox is in the middle of there. I still think the Giants can get it done. So give me the Giants wow. and Danny Dimes in an upset. Now, I'm not talking about beating the spread. I think it's the winning. Giants will win the yeah, game. I don't even on know why road. I'm talking. I don't even know why I'm talking about the spread. Who's going to survive in advance? That's that's the key. You like the G-men? Okay. I like the G-men in an upset. All right. Very good. <laughs> All right, uh, James Mesh. I don't Let's know. If, do it. I don't know if y'all get that same feeling as I do, but this Giants team kind of feels like the 2011 Giants were. Just Barely got into the playoffs, mm. but they kept winning road playoff games, and they eventually got to the Super Bowl and won it. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the same th- this time. I still, before the season even started, I had picked the Bills and the Eagles to make it to the Super Bowl, and that would be our Super Bowl matchup for this season. Eagles are still alive, even though I really feel like the Giants could do it and pull the upset just like you, George. I'm going to take the Eagles on this one because my two picks are still alive. So I'm going to lean towards Philly on this one. And plus, Jalen Hurts, it was a six-week injury. Six weeks have since passed for Jalen. So he's as healthy as he goes, as he's going to be. And he was taken off the injury report very early on in the week. So to me, the injury scares for Jalen, it feels like it's kind of going to be at a minimum with that one. Okay. Well, uh, you know what old Mike Tyson said, right? You're in a fight. You ain't in a fight till you get hit in the face, and then we'll see what happens. I, I can't wait to see the Giants go after Hurts. I can't wait to see when they tackle him, how many. They may forego and, and say, we're going to take a 15-yard uh, roughing the passer penalty just so we can get enough big old 300-pound lineman and jump on him and hit that shoulder and see how it responds. The Eagles were 14-1 and when Hurts was at quarterback. 14-1. and They're pretty good. They're playing at the link. Um, I like I like the Giants. I like what um, uh, Daniels has done. Um, I just... I just like I think the Eagles win. I think this is a close one. Like you said, it's a division matchup. They know each other really well. I'm gonna take the Eagles. So I'm 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 going with two home teams to start. Let's go to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Bengals at the Bills. Burrow, Allen. What do you think, George? Where's this game played? Orchard Park. Okay. New I York. Now, they were playing in Atlanta for some no, reason. they didn't flip know. the coin. They didn't flip a okay. coin on this one. No, 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 no. Well, look, Jordan, I, I'm I'm betting my money. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought the Bills would be the Super Bowl team. I, I I think Josh Allen's a little too reckless with the football. I'm betting my money on the new face of the NFL, and that's one Joey B. Call me biased if you want. I, I, but, I don't blame you. But, look, I, I, think, I think with him – and all the weapons that he has on offense, boy, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and that pass rush of the Bengals, give me the Bengals to win on the road and, and Joey B advances to, to the AFC title game. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. Bias is is certainly allowable here. All right, James <laughs> Mitch, let's roll. Oh, it's it's probably not smart to bet against Joe Shiesty, Joe Bird, Joe Cool, whatever you want to call him. But like I said with the Eagles, the Bills were my Super Bowl pick, and they're still alive. It's going to be at home for Buffalo. And, I mean, with DeMar Hamlin being at the stadium this time, I think that's a little extra motivation for them. 
And I ultimately think Buffalo is able to get a slight narrow in, even though both teams, they didn't play all that great last week. Buffalo let the Dolphins stay alive, and then it was just an absolute grudge match between the Ravens and Bengals. But I'm going to take the Bills on this one. I'm going to be like George and have Regency bias. Uh, I want Burrow and Chase um, and Mixon and all that stuff. Give, give me the Bengals. Um, yeah, give me the Bengals. All right, let's go to the final one before we run out of time here. Um, opened up as a uh, San Francisco opened up, opened up as a four point favorite. Now they are a three and a half point favorite over the Dallas Cowboys. It's the last game. It's in Santa Clara. Era. George, what do you think? How's this a three-point game? I mean, I think the the 49ers are going to come out and they're going to beat the snot out of the Cowboys. Like, this is going to be bad. I'm, I will bet. I think we should do an over-under on Dak's interceptions that he throws. Because <laughs> last week, he got lucky and got a, a elderly Tom Brady in, in a bad defense. This week, he's got the best team in the NFL. The 49ers are going to run the ball. They're going to defend well. They're going to intercept Dak Prescott three different times, and they're going to win by at least 13 points. Okay. Well, Very good. James Mesh. Well, uh, I wasn't a huge believer in Brock Purdy, but what he did to the Seahawks, he's got me believing a little bit in this playoff run. I'm leaning towards the 49ers for sure. I, I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be able to replicate what they did against elderly Tom Brady and those Buccaneers. I'm definitely going to take the 49ers in this one at home. I'm curious to see how the spotlight is because, I mean, it was individual games like it was last week, but this time it's not going to be in the middle of the day for the 49ers. This one's going to be in prime time at 5.30. So I'm curious to see how Brock Purdy does under the lights at night. Oh, come on now. He's a pro player. He's played in games. That don't he's gonna let's keep Micah Parsons off of him. Uh or let him come in and let him dump it off to Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel. I, and I love the 49ers. I think the 49ers are the best team in football. They're playing at home. Uh they're on a winning streak. Yeah, the Cowboys had their game against the the lowly, lowly Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um I like the 49ers, so so give me the 49ers. George, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your thoughts. Um, the New Orleans Saints are keeping the status quo. Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, come on. I, I don't mean to get your blood pressure up, but what, what's going on there? Dude, I, I was having a great day, Jordy. That is foolish. I, I don't. I can't even come up with a, with a good reason unless you're just tanking for Caleb Williams for next year. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. I thought the offense was putrid. I thought Pete Carmichael was uncreative in what he did. He failed to design anything around Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton was in there just not to lose. You got to fire at least Pete Carmichael. I don't understand. They say his track record saved his job. What did he do without Sean Payton? Somebody remind me. I, I, I don't know. Just, But he should have been fired. Like, before Byron Leftwich got fired, in my opinion. So I have no clue what's going on in New Orleans unless they just said the hell with it and they go tank for Caleb Williams. All right. We shall see. Um, enjoy all the games. Um, we need to check into those retro jerseys. I got to find out who, who who's made them because I can't find my old one. And Plus, I couldn't fit in because I was really, really skinny back I then. I want a number 20. That's mm -hmm. what I, I want a number 20. And don't ever say 
come off the bench and shoot. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't ever say that. George, have a good weekend. Welcome back. And the tan looks great, man. The tan looks great. Thank, thank you, brother. <laughs> James, thank you as well. We'll be back to, to wrap it all up with a, a very special, special K birthday wish when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Come on, Burrow. Get the W, baby. Come on. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Wash your hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I love me some Maroon 5. All right, welcome back. Uh, What a fun, fun show, fun, fun day, fun week. Special thanks to Larry Holder of The Athletic, Blake Lavelle for at 14 Southeastern, George Faust of KLFY, George Becknell, and my producer, James Mesh. Well, well done. If today, January 20th, is your birthday, gosh, we wish you the best day ever. Hope you have some cake, some ice cream, get to celebrate with with a gift or two with your family and your friends. That would be terrific. Uh, You share your birthday with a good friend of mine, Special K. uh, Eddie Kennison is 50 years old, former LSU receiver, return specialist, longtime Kansas City Chief. I know he's pulling for the Chiefs over the Jaguars now uh, involved in the LSU athletic department. Uh, Happy birthday, Special K. Never forget the Independence Bowl. Michigan State with Nick Saban coaching, LSU with Jerry DiNardo coaching, and um, Plaxico Burris takes a kickoff back 100 yards. Michigan State kicks to LSU. Andy Kittison takes the kickoff back 102 yards or so. Back-to-back kickoff returns. The coldest place I've ever been, Shreveport, in December, late December. God, it was nasty. Um, thanks so much to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners. You know we couldn't do it without you. I uh, hope everybody has a fabulous Friday, an even better weekend. Come on back Monday. We'll be down to the final four in NFL football, and we'll talk all about it. So until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Why don't we be kind to one another? And hey, life is short. Let's be happy. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody.